Hey everyone, welcome back. Another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg. And uh, we're just going to hit the ground running right away today because, uh, as some of you may know, I'm actually getting married this weekend. Um, and I wanted to still get a podcast out, though. And I got a million things going on. I have to work today. I'm up a little earlier than normal if my voice sounds a little froggier than usual. Um, but uh, we're just going to hit it right away. So the first thing was we had a rumor come through yesterday. And, and I got to be the first one to say this is this is as close to as early as a rumor as possible. All this is speculation at this point, so take all of this with a grain of salt. But it started hitting the uh, the blogs yesterday about Capcom being in dire situation. So it started when there's a, a notable industry insider na uh, on Twitter known as Shinobi602, and he said that the apparently the Wall Street Journal is rumored to be preparing an article that details Capcom's dire financial situation. The situation is so severe that the studio may be looking for a buyout. So here's the quote from Shinobi602. Apparently there's a Wall Street Journal piece detailing the dire situation Capcom is in alleges possible buyout. Oh boy. End quote. So honestly, that's all we know. <laughs> as far as facts go with this story is that he tweeted that out so apparently and I don't, I don't know anything about his history for being right when it comes to these sort of things but if this is true this is a pretty big deal I mean Capcom's been around forever um you know they they rose during the 80s I mean they were doing amazing games like Mega Man and then they were uh doing great Disney ports or Disney uh licensed games I should say like DuckTales Chippendale I mean they were kings of the 80s and 90s their their arcade games their beat-em-ups I mean it they they defined a generation uh with games like um uh, Final Fight and uh, Captain Commando and I mean just just man it was I don't know I, I, that name is synonymous with quality then they roll into the PS1 era crushing it with stuff like um, and I'm missing a total a bunch here I know it's, it's very early for me but I mean they're crushing it with games like Resident Evil and then Dino Crisis and like, like they could not miss and they were just like they 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 came up and they were they were big and they had amazing franchises. Um, PS2 they get they start breaking into original franchises and they they uh, Devil May Cry. I mean like the, these are the sort of things like oh and of course obviously Street Fighter on Super Nintendo and and uh, so many like I said so many good beat 'em ups so many good fighting games all these great games defined by that company and now we've gotten to a point where. They're just possibly going to be gone and gone in the sense where they run themselves. Obviously, great properties like this will always survive. We saw that when THQ went under that Nordic came out and bought a lot of their properties or the rights to their properties. So they bought the rights to Darksiders and to other things, uh, Saints Row, all that stuff. So there was like a big auction held off to basically sell its property off. Now, in a perfect world, you'd like to see one company buy them up completely and keep the people on staff but then you have to ask is that really the right thing to do because right now Capcom hasn't been on top of their game I will admit they made a hell of an effort and hell of a comeback lately with the new Resident Evil 7 but they really stumbled with Street Fighter 5 and also with Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite and so a lot of their big franchises they've been stumbling even though Resident Evil is kind of making a comeback, Capcom themselves haven't really been 
putting themselves in the best situation. And so you have to ask yourself, okay, I, I want Capcom to stick around, but do you want Capcom the way they are now to stick around? Because a buyout, let's talk about some potential buyouts. So obviously there's the big three. There's Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. Are they possible? Certainly. Usually, um, and I say this as someone who's a big PlayStation fan, I don't think I want any of those companies to buy out Capcom's properties because I like that everyone could enjoy Capcom's games. It was nice that Resident Evil 7 came to Xbox and PS4. Um, and it was nice that Revelations could be released on every system known to man. <laughs> um, but it, you know, I, I like when games are available to everybody. I'm not saying you have to, like, I'm not an Xbox guy, really, but that doesn't mean I don't want Xbox players to be able to experience really good games. And so if Microsoft buys them and turns everything Capcom exclusive, so you have to buy their system, which honestly would make sense for Microsoft to do, also help them break into the Japanese game company market with a company that might actually sell some systems in that country. But you have, you know, these games that if I wanted to play Resident Evil, I'd have to have an Xbox, you know. Um, Dead Rising was obviously an Xbox exclusive initially. Now it's come to the other systems. But, you know, that was frustrating, especially um, Dead Rising 3, because I remember that being like the best launch game I played out of the PS4 and Xbox One's launch titles. And so, so you look at the potential buyouts, you know, Microsoft, it's totally possible. You could see it, that totally happening. Uh, you could see Nintendo doing it, I guess. I mean, I don't think they would because they're still not real big on like right now the switch is doing good and they don't feel like they need more third party support by buying a third party company and making it theirs, which then again would be first party support after they bought them. But they feel like they don't need that because they're so strong with the indies right now. Uh, and then you've got Sony, which this is a sort of move that they would do. I just don't know if they would have the money to spend on some of this. Like they have the money, but are they going to spend that much money just to get Capcom properties as exclusives? It's hard to say. I guess it would depend on if Microsoft is in the mix. But I can't see Microsoft buying a Japanese company to go along with their library when they don't do well in that country and they're they've kind of given up on the Japanese market. So then you start to look at some other off-the-wall kind of ideas, and probably the most accurate would be something like a merger between something like Namco Bandai. So that would turn into Bandai, Bandai Napcom, Bandai Namcocom, Cap Band Namcocom, uh, but you'd mash it all together, and that's a very realistic possibility, uh, which if you look at that situation, I guess that's not bad, but it's not great either. I mean, they, they released just the other day. They had a, there was a story hit that they're going to charge $35 for a eight character pack for their games. So, you know, Namco Bandai is just as crappy as Ubisoft and EA when it comes to, their e, uh, to the DLC and stuff. So it's not like they're some great company, but they seem to have a better take on what games are quality that come out. At, at least, like, they do seem to not be releasing any turds, which is nice. Um, and then you got something like Amazon. Amazon could maybe buy them. You know, they're trying to get into their own game publishing, and they're trying to get into the market a little bit. So you could see that. Like, not maybe not, you know, as realistic as other options, but totally, at least you could think about it. And then you've got things like Disney. You know, Disney could buy them out and maybe, ha you know, and have a, a dedicated game studio uh, or something like that. But again, a lot of these companies are looking at this and saying, 
there's no worth in the company there's worth in the name of the company and in the names of the games so if they could you know get the name to resident evil they just make their own resident evil game they don't want capcom to make another resident evil game because even though the last one was good there's a chance it won't be and so you see that's where they're kind of like when you think about these companies buying them out that's where we have to kind of look and so then uh let's think about some other ones real quick uh, obviously someone like konami is totally out of the question uh you have uh we talked about amazon we talked about disney i mean there's 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 options out there ea ea could buy them up um and destroy them like they've done so many other now normally they do that with studios not with entire uh publishing companies but it's possible um sega maybe but sega's not in the most amazing position right now either like they're they're just getting back on solid ground they don't want to take a risk on something like this and uh yeah so that's just a list of some of the possibilities if they're looking for a buyout that's probably where they're looking and every now and then you know you never know who could come out of the woodwork and be like oh we're buying them or this movie company is buying them to make movie games or something like there's always going to be a a, a a curveball thrown in there but again this is a lot of the, all this is speculation at this point we don't have any facts but it is kind of fun to speculate when it comes to things like this um what i also then want to talk about a little bit was some of the games that i'm worried about so first and foremost first and foremost front of the line monster hunter worlds now the good thing about monster hunter worlds is that it's coming out in january so this game is pretty much finished any sort of buyout or anything i don't believe would prevent this from happening monster hunter worlds will probably still come out but the rest of the monster hunter series it was never a huge seller here so whoever buys the name or buys the rights to it has to respect that the u.s market was trying to build it up but they probably won't because it's all a numbers game like we talked about last week numbers in numbers out and if it's not making enough money to keep it coming in the u.s we may not get another monster hunter game now to be fair worlds would be the one to go out on a, a world with no more monster hunter, uh, no more monster hunter. Oof, you know I don't know if I can handle that. But you've got that. So then we go to um, next on my list would be something like, hmm, uh, probably my next most worried series would be Resident Evil. Uh, Resident Evil Seven I thought was a good comeback. It was it was a it, it was a return to what kind of made the series great and it was really fun. And I know it's very polarizing. Some people really didn't like it. I could give or take with the first person view, but it was different, but it was like the same. I don't really, it was, it was, I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot, uh, but not just Resident Evil 7 or quote or, or 8, the potential of 8 coming out. They were working on the Resident Evil 2 remake, like the Resident Evil 1 remake, but with 2. Oh man, if that doesn't come out, that would be incredible. Oh, that would, oh, that would be bad. That looked incredible. And then if that did well, you know that they would do 3 and they would do Code Veronica. I mean, these are all things that I would hate to see gone obviously you've got titles like Mega Man but they haven't been doing anything with that anyway Street Fighter it's been meh for I think four and five are both mediocre at best and you know Marvel vs. Capcom eh, eh I mean I wasn't even really a fan of three I thought two was the best one and all the 2D ones before that were great never a fan of three uh Devil May Cry they're apparently working on there were rumors that they were hinting at Devil May Cry 5 you know I'd hate to see the Devil May Cry series go away but then again, imagine someone like, you know, let's say EA buys them out and they hire Platinum Games to make a Devil May Cry. That's like the greatest thing in the whole world you could have. Um, 
But then I look at smaller games like eh, Bionic Commando. There hasn't been one in a couple years. They did Rearmed, which was really, really cool. But then they did that really crappy PS3 version that was just and 360 version of Bionic Commando, the 3D remake, which is just awful. Um, they did that. And then uh, one of my favorite games of last generation, Dragon's Dogma. So what would happen to Dragon's Dogma? You know, and that's one that we didn't really have a sequel. They were working on that game forever called Deep Down that looked kind of like a Dark Souls type game. I mean, all of this stuff just gone would not be good. Now, again, if somebody buys them, most likely what's going to happen is the, these properties in the, will continue to be made. However, will they be the same? If a different studio is making a Devil May Cry game, will it even have the same feel, same music, same everything? But you could also be better. We really don't know. Uh, but those are kind of the games I'm worried about because if Capcom just ceases to be or some of their lesser-known franchises, which, I mean, Monster Hunter Worlds looks like it's going to sell a ton. Ooh, but I don't know. It just makes me nervous. I guess in a perfect world, I'd love to see Sony buy them and let them still run with Sony's thumb over the top. But, you know, if if they're not going to do it and microsoft does or nintendo does ugh, you know we're back to seeing monster hunter on handhelds forever ugh, excuse me i guess it's very early in the morning for me um but yeah so it, you know is capcom going out of business maybe is it the end of the world for capcom properties no but we just need more details so this was just something i kind of wanted to to square away a little bit and you know, just, just chat a little bit about, and hopefully everything comes out. Hopefully they can do some sort of restructuring and figure it out. Maybe they can sell off some of their properties to stay afloat. I don't know. But we, you know, obviously, like I always say, anyone going out of the business is never good for anyone because you've got job loss and you've got, you know, things like that. And that's not good. It, you know, even as much as you may not like a company or may not like their games, sometimes it's better to remanage and change things than it is to just close entirely. Um, and then next up, this was another, uh, this was another big one that, uh, last week it came out actually right after I did the podcast last week, but last week EA announced that they're shutting down visceral games who most recently worked on battlefield hardline. They were working on the new star Wars game uh, that was head up, uh, headed up by Amy Hennig. And they, of course, the creators of dead space along with, um, other games before that, so just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they announced that uh, Visceral is shutting down. Um, uh, the Star Wars game at, De at Visceral will be revamped and moved to a different studio, although it will now be going in a direction of something completely different. And all of the employees will be, you know, reshifted to other, uh, uh, you know, other positions, and the people will, and that's it. And Visceral, the actual studio known as Visceral Games, is no more. So. Uh, this all kind of came up because obviously the announcement of Visceral closing, everyone was like, well, wait a minute. Visceral's working on a really good single-player Star Wars game. And so everyone started to think, well, what?" actually, everyone didn't really care what happened to Visceral. They're like, well, what happened to the Star Wars game? And it's, it sparked an interesting conversation about our single-player games dying because, uh, you know, for whatever reason, because basically EA took a game that was, you know, halfway in development and said, okay, this isn't working. We're going to take this out of the hands of this great single player studio. And we're going to put it in the hands of people who do a more multiplayer focused 
games. And so that doesn't mean the game is going to be multiplayer focused at this point. We really don't know, but it could be. And maybe they're changing it. Obviously, all the talk of loot boxes now and how much money they make and how annoying it is, but they still make money. So people still do it. Um, but Visceral was a company that I kind of didn't see this coming. I thought they always made really good games and they, and they made games that were in the vein of other good games. So like Dante's Inferno was like a really good God of War ripoff, but it was Christian mythology instead of Greek mythology. And, and I always found that really interesting. I thought, I thought it was really good and it was, it was kind of, it was a new property and it was pushing boundaries uh, with content that was in the game with like nudity and, and, and like themes and stuff like that. So there was some good stuff there. Obviously dead space, you know, was incredible the first two and then the third one it you know what happened to it ea happened to it and oh they got to put in dlc we gotta make it a shooter we gotta make a co-op shooter and it's got to be guns and shooting it's like well you missed the whole point of dead space but okay um and uh, and so on and so forth so it spawned an interesting conversation though which was our single player games coming to an end and you have to think well that seems stupid right like that's that doesn't make any sense but then you start to think okay Almost every game now is starting to have, even a single-player game like Shadow of War has so many, like, quote-unquote online features, which are, like, loot boxes and, and real money for tokens and then use tokens to buy stuff in the game. So is that, like, the trend we're going to where even single-player games are going to have stuff like that? Uh, Gran Turismo Sport came out last week, and the game's practically unplayable offline. Even though you don't have to race people online, you just have to be online for, quote-unquote, features? Um, EA did this a couple years ago with a Need for Speed game where it was like you had to be online to play it, but it was a single-player game. Like, you, well, I don't understand that. Like, why can't we still separate the two? Um, but the, the conversation came up because a lot of people talk about studios complaining that uh, single-player games are having lower sales and being ruined by, like, Let's Plays and streamers because a lot of times a single-player game that's very linear won't have replay value and so one people buy a game they play it then they sell it which leads to used sales of that game which you know the companies complain that used sales are killing their product which could not be further from the truth but and i don't say that as a used game store owner i say that as somebody who says the thing you always want when you're a creator is your product in the customer's hands it doesn't matter how they get it and if <laughs> and if they were smart they would get as many people to play their games as possible because if it's a good game then they're going to keep it they're going to buy it and they're going to tell their friends about it and then they're going to buy the sequel the day it comes out it, it's just basic you know it's basic marketing but it's fine they want to they want to try to tweak the system and everything like that so and you've got a lot of games that were single player that that people just aren't putting time into so um and a lot of people that are you know, like I said, there's a lot of people nowadays who just watch people play games online. And then there's certain games like PUBG, like, you know, you could watch someone play that. That's a multiplayer game, obviously, multiplayer only. You could watch people play it, but you yourself still want to experience it because it's different every time you play. As opposed to, you know, you could watch someone play through all the way through Resident Evil 7 and be like, okay, cool, I don't need to buy the game now because I watched someone else play it. And that's, that's very common. I, I hear that in the store all the time where people say, um, oh yeah, I played this game. Like, oh cool, did you like this part? Well, I didn't play it. I watched, you know, PewDiePie play it. And you're like, well, so you, so you didn't play it? But a lot of people say that they watch people play games and they consider that being played. So it, it is a thing. Like, that is definitely a thing. But I don't think that uh, single-player games are going away. 
but they don't make as much money as multiplayer games that have loot crates and stuff like that. So yes, you're going to have this uptick of, well, big studios try to make as much money as possible. They, again, the numbers game, we've been talking about that for weeks. They're going to look at the numbers game and say, well, we can spend $50 million on this game, and over time it should make us $200 million. Or we, may, we spend $50 million on this game, and if it sells this many copies, then we'll make our money back. As opposed to the other game going, well, if we sell this many copies and then sell DLC afterwards, we make this much. So it's it's unfortunate, and this is the sort of stuff that I think will lead to a AAA video game crash someday, is that the cost of games keeps going up, but if they can't justify the cost, then they start to change things. Like if they don't make single-player games anymore, they're going to lose a lot of customers because there's a lot of people out there who still don't have who still don't go online i get people coming in they'll pick up a game like destiny and i'm just like oh just a reminder you have to be online to play this game oh i don't I don't have online for my ps4 like even on the ps4 they don't have online xbox one's a little different because it, it almost forces you to have online especially the first time you set it up so a little bit different story there but with the ps4 it's very you know, that happens a lot where people just completely play offline. They don't want to pay the 60 bucks for plus and they just buy single player games. Um, now, part of the reason I say single player isn't dying is because Sony themselves have had a lot of great first party single player games. So you look at games like Until Dawn was huge for them. Last of Us, Uncharted, like these are all incredible games. But yes, when it comes to triple a studios looking at what's making money right now what's making money right now is loot crates and random random gift boxes and all that sort of stuff so it's a trend that we're seeing now i believe that the market always ebbs and flows so i think we'll see it like this for a while but then you're going to see a resurgence of single player games and you'll see and then years later you'll see a resurgence of online only games you know it's going to happen it's bound to happen but i don't want to say it's it's the death of single player games but it definitely is an interesting time where even single player games need some sort of extra revenue and they're doing that by having multiplayer features and so hopefully the star wars game still comes out because it looked like it was going to be fun and you had kind of an all-star team working on it but on the flip side one thing a lot of people don't know is that um, Disney signed an exclusive deal with EA so only EA can make star wars video games so I would assume with that came a higher responsibility of quality. So there were a lot of rumors that the Star Wars game was having a troubled development. And it it's not like games don't have troubled development all the time, but you had the recent issue with EA where they had BioWare was a flop, or excuse me, um, Mass Effect was a flop for BioWare. So you have this, um, you have like this situation that they don't want to be in again. So Capcom looks at, or Capcom, I'm stuck on the old story. So EA looks at it and says, well, we just had a monumental flop with Mass Effect. We can't have another flop coming out. So if this game's in trouble, we're going to reboot it. And then if you're going to reboot a game, that's when they go back to the drawing board, right? And they say, well, you know what's really hot right now? Loot crates and all that bullcrap, you know? And I really wish that we weren't so fooled by such stupid marketing tricks, but it is what it is. You know, you can't do anything about it. And people, if people like it and it makes them happy, I guess, whatever. So then lastly about this story I want to talk about was a, a list, a small list of the other companies that EA has bought, uh, as studios that EA has bought and then subsequently shut down. Uh, so going back in time, way back in 97, EA purchased Maxis, who makes SimCity. 
who actually survived all the way till 2015. Uh, and obviously, they still have the right to the name Maxis. The actual studio um, that made, you know, The Sims and SimCity and all these great games has officially been closed. Um, they bought Mythic, who made the game Dark Age of Camelot. And I believe their last game was that uh, Warhammer MMO. Uh, they were purchased by EA in 2006. They were shut down in 2014. Bullfrog, they were purchased in, by EA in 1995. They made Syndicate and Dungeon Keeper. Uh, they were shut down in 2001. Origin, that makes Ultima and Wing Commander, they were purchased by EA in 1992. They were shut down in 2004. So you can see a pattern here. There's more, but you can see a pattern here where they basically buy a company and then use it until that company's of no use to them anymore, and then they shut them down. Uh, Microsoft's known for this too. Not quite as bad, but Microsoft's got a pretty distinguished list too. Um, but let me finish this list and I'll go into the Microsoft one a little bit. Um, one of my favorites right here, Westwood Studios, who makes Command and Conquer. They were purchased by EA in 1998, shut down in 2003. They only made it five years on their own. Uh, DreamWorks Interactive, uh, who made uh, Medal of Honor, purchased by EA in 2000, shut down in 2013. Uh, Phenomic, who made Battleforge and Spellforce, purchased by EA in 2006, shut down in 2013. Blackbox Games, who made Need for Speed and Skate, purchased by EA in 2002, shut down in 2013. Pandemic, who made The Saboteur and Star Wars Battlefront and Mercenaries, purchased by EA in 2008, shut down in 2009. Christ, didn't even make it a year. Uh, Playfish, who made The Sims Social, I don't know who that is, purchased by EA in 2009, shut down in 2013. A lot of these shut down in 2013. They really cleaned house that year. Really shut down a lot of small studios. Um, New, New, New FX made NBA Street. They were purchased by EA in 2004, shut down in 2007. So that's just a small list of some of the companies that EA has done this with. And there's others that they've bought too, like they've bought Bioware, which is still technically around um, for now. I mean, like they had a huge flop with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. And if, and if uh, Anthem doesn't do well, I could see them shuttering Bioware. You know, they might keep the name, but they might actually shutter the studios. And there's actually two Bioware Studios, so they might, I, I believe they did shutter the second one. Yeah, they shuttered the one that actually made Andromeda, and they're going to break it up, and there's no more Mass Effect games coming out. They're going to have them work on other projects. But that's just kind of a small list of what they do. So what they do is a game is success, a game company is successful, they have a good license, EA publishes that game for them, realize there's a good experience there, they offer to buy it out so the creators of that small studio are happy, they get EA stock, and they get money. EA buys them out, keeps the studio open for so many years until they make a game that doesn't live up to hype, and then they shut the studio down. And that's it. And, and, and they've done it. I just gave you 15 examples, and they've done it probably countless more times than that. This list actually stops in, in uh, 2013 was when they stopped because there was such a cleansing. So there's there's been years since where they've been still doing it. Uh, but that was just kind of a list. So Visceral Games, it sucks that they're gone. I think they had a real knack for quality. And I, 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 you could argue they had a few missteps, but was Dead Space 3 their fault? Or was that EA's meddling? Um, they were working on a Star Wars game, Dante's Inferno, Dead Space. I mean, they had some good stuff, and, and it's disappointing to see that they're gone. But I guess that is the way of uh, EA. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell your soul to the devil, you know, one day that uh, that payment comes due, and it appears with EA that 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 payment is never forgotten, and that they always come and get it. Uh, and lastly today, the this is kind of an uplifting one, but interestingly enough, today 
the um, Xbox original Xbox backwards compatibility is coming back to the Xbox One. So they talked about this at E3. They mentioned that regular Xbox games were coming to the One, which is awesome, because why not? Anything that can play more games is great. Now, if you don't know how Xbox One backwards compatibility works, basically you, um, basically you have to put your disc in. It downloads the game from the store, and you play it digitally, but the disc has to be in for that game to work. So, unfortunately, backwards compatibility only works with games that are available for purchase on the store. So, they have a list of the first 13 games that are compatible. Um, and here is the list. Uh, it's Black, which is a first-person shooter. Uh, Blood Rain 2, don't know why that's on there. Crimson Skies, excellent. The original Dead to Rights, excellent. Fusion Frenzy, which is excellent. Uh, Grabbed by the Ghoulies, which was okay. Ninja Gaiden Black, which is just hard as hell. Dark Souls before it was Dark Souls, uh, some would say. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Psychonauts, which is very cool. Red Faction 2, Sid Meier's Pirates, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, awesome. And King of Fighters, Neowave. So that's the list of the initial 13 games that are backwards compatible uh, but here's there's of course a few hangups. Um, like for instance, most of the games uh, run in 1080p, but they are still in 4.3 format, so they're not going to be widescreen. A few of the games when they were programmed had widescreen options, like Ninja Gaiden Black. Um, but then they also said, let's see here, um, all games will render in 1080p and have higher frame rates alongside faster load times. Obviously, that's good because it's digital now. Um, which is awesome. So hopefully this is something that most games get put on. But then unfortunately they did mention that there will be no online because those servers were shut down years ago. But it'd be nice if somehow those servers could come back. But I'll, I, I want to say all those were Xbox side. So if they could somehow maybe bring that back. Obviously Crimson Skies was one of my favorite multiplayer games on the original Xbox. That Rainbow Six 3 and uh, Halo 2 were probably like all we were playing. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a cool story. You know, nothing nothing bad there. I mean, Black is a good game. The only ones I question on this list are Blood Rain 2, uh, King of Fighters Neo Wave, and, um, like, Red Faction 2. But they're not bad games by any stretch. They were just ones that I kind of scratched my head at. Now, Ninja Gaiden Black is super, super hard. I might actually try playing that again. I have that in my collection here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. Oh, so we'll see. So... 4.3, a lot of them aren't in widescreen, but they will render in 1080p and have faster load times. I mean, that's all good stuff. So, again, not a whole lot to talk about there, but just thought it was a cool side note to everything. Uh, and today was, kind of, <laughs> today was kind of a downer set of days anyway with studio closures and, and possible bankrupts happening. Um, so, anyway, that's all I had for today, guys. I know it's a little bit shorter than usual, but I wanted to come on and just do something. Again, like I said, this this week has been intense. I have to work uh, all day today, which I normally don't work on Tuesday so that I can do all this stuff. So, I got up very early so I can do this before I go to work and still get something out for you. Next week, I'll most likely have one still because it'll be a couple days after the wedding and I'm off and I can relax a little bit and I'll all be good. So, um, as always, I, I so much appreciate you guys listening. I know I say it every week, but I, it's so true. If if you don't um, subscribe to us on YouTube, if you could, we're the drop rate. If you go to the website droprate.life, that'll actually take you, take you to our YouTube page. If you could follow me on Twitter, I'm droprategreg with two Gs at the end. Uh, I usually tweet out snarky and funny stuff about video games. And uh, 
you know, even just liking this podcast and, and subscribing to it and sharing it, it would be awesome. So I always appreciate you guys and I hope everybody has a great day.